This is episode 28 of Jira Analyst, and I'm coming to you from my apartment where hashtag quarantine life is real. And before I get into today's episode, I wanted to do a quick PSA around COVID-19, the coronavirus. Uh, Burberry uh, Podcasting, the one of the platforms I use to host this podcast, sent out a really great email a couple of weeks ago about how you can educate your audience for your podcast about the virus. And so they gave us a bunch of uh, PSA content that we can share. So I'm just going to go ahead and read off um, this PSA number one um, about COVID-19. So COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands, avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes, cover your coughs and sneezes, monitor your symptoms, and consult with your doctor. Stay home and away from sick people except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch services. For more, for more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Thank you. So that's just the quick PSA for today's episode, and I want to thank you to... I think it was Burberry Podcasting. Hopefully, they were the one. Hopefully, they were the ones that I remember receiving this email from. Um, great job for letting all of our listeners know about the gravity of the virus. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how you can quickly fill uh, formulas down, and it's a very specific use case of filling formulas down. So when you want to copy and paste a formula to a bunch of other cells. Today, you might just you know, select the cell and then you hover your mouse over the bottom right of the formula. And you'll in Excel, you might see like a little black plus sign. In Google Sheets, you also see a little black plus sign in the bottom right corner of the cell. And then when you drag and drop that formula down, it will basically copy that formula down to all the cells below the current cell that contains the formula. Now, the keyboard shortcut that I use I use for filling the formula down is Control plus letter D. It does the exact same thing as dragging and dropping the bottom right uh, the bottom right hand corner uh, uh, like box the black box, except that you can use your keyboard and it's a lot more. Uh, easy to use. It's not as painful for your, your hand to drag and drop with the mouse. And that handle, you don't have to hover your, your cursor right over that little handle of the bottom right of the cell. So the question I get a lot is, well, just really quickly to re recap, and I have an example of this in Google Sheets in the show notes, but when you have your cursor over the cell with the formula, and then you hold shift and then select a bunch of cells with the down arrow below the current cell and press control D, you'll fill the formula down. Really, really awesome keyboard shortcut. I highly recommend you'll learn that and use that in your everyday Excel and Google Sheet usage. Um, so the question I get continually in all the classes I teach for using this keyboard shortcut is the following. So think about this following scenario. Uh, this, is, this, this scenario is also in the Google Sheet that is in the show notes. So imagine you have four columns of data. Column one in column A is the, the period, the week start, so just um, some random week in 2011. 
Column B is the airline. Column C is the revenue. Column D is the passengers. So we have week start, airline, revenue, passengers. I know this example is a little bit uh, not relevant given the current airline industry and the virus, but uh, I created this file many years ago, so uh, just go with me with this example. So we have four columns of data, and in the Google Sheet that I shared in the show notes, there are 280 rows of data. So not super long, but definitely more rows than you can see in one screen. So the question is, in column E, I want to show the revenue per passenger. So how do I do that? So we know in column C we have revenue, column D is passengers. I can just take column C divided by column D and then I'll get revenue per passenger. So I'm going to be in cell E2 because cell uh, cells A1 through E1 contain my column headers. We can start airline revenue passengers and now revenue per passenger. So in E2, I'm going to say equals C2 divided by D2. And in my fake example Google Sheet, I have $3.23. So that's normally um, the first step that people will take to get the formula, which is pretty simple. Now the question is, how do you automatically fill this formula all the way down to the rest of column E? Now remember, we have 280 rows of data that need, uh, that need to show this revenue per passenger calculation in column E. So what can you do? So let's go through the different options. And from least preferred to most preferred. So option one, you can go hover your, click on this cell E2 that contains the formula. The bottom right corner of that cell is the, um, that little black box. And when you hover your cursor over that black box, your cursor should turn into a black plus sign. And so now you can drag and drop that handle down and you can basically keep on hovering and holding down your cursor and you have to kind of move your mouse down to get all the rows up through 280. So this is really painful to do because if you have, let's say, a long list of 10,000 rows, you're basically sitting there holding your mouse down and dragging and dropping and waiting until you get to the very end of the list of data. Now I could easily do this and it probably takes about five or 10 seconds to drag and drop this for all 280 rows in my data set. But sometimes you overshoot the last row and your formula ends up being past like the data set that you actually want to show the formula. So this is not the most ideal situation because it's really painful in your hand. You have to drag and drop and sometimes you overshoot or undershoot the data in your data set. So the other option is you can, you know, this is one, th one option I've seen quite often with many students that I've taught this to, is if you hover your cursor, again, over the bottom right-hand corner of the cell that contains the formula in cell E2, you can double-click the handle when, you, when your cursor becomes the black plus sign. So if you double click the plus, if you double click that handle, you notice that the formula automatically autofills all the way to the very bottom of the data set. It doesn't overshoot, it doesn't undershoot, it goes to the very bottom of the list, in this case, cell E281 of our data set. 
So this is actually pretty simple. Like you have the entire data set filled down and it's really nice to see. Now, if I was building out a pivot table, I think this would be an acceptable solution. Um, so I would just double click that bottom right hand corner. Knowing myself, I actually wouldn't do this in reality, even if I was building, building a pivot table because I try to avoid using the mouse whenever I can. Even just the fact that I have to hover my cursor over the bottom right corner of the cell and wait for my cursor to turn to a black plus sign, to me that's already too many, too much, too much time wasted, too much human intervention, too much manual work. I want to use the keyboard as much as I can because I'm just so much quicker with that than I am with the mouse. The second thing that I don't like about this solution is that after you double click and fill all the formula, after you double click and the formula fills down for you to the very last row of your data set, your view is still in uh, cell E2, meaning that if you want to do other calculations at the bottom of the worksheet, at the bottom of your data range, you have to then go to the bottom of your range by scrolling with your mouse, which is not ideal, or you can press Control or Command down arrow to get to the bottom of the list. So more often than not, if you're not building a pivot table, you want to create a formula, which we already did, you want to fill the formula down, and you want to do some summary calculations at the bottom of data set because you just calculated all these formulas across your entire data set. So the most, the the way I teach this to my students, and this, uh, and I know this is a really common problem, is because I get asked this every, almost every single class, is how do I fill the formula down, A, without using the mouse, and B, so that I can get to the very, so I can fill the formula down to the very bottom of the data set without overshooting or undershooting. So the first thing you might think about is, well, if I press Command down, can I just get to the bottom of a data set? Unfortunately, no, because in column E, the only values you have in column E is the row header, which is row one, E1, revenue per passenger, and then E2 contains a formula we wrote of revenue per passenger. If I press Command or Control down at this point, it just takes me to the very bottom of the sheet. In this case, it's row uh, 1000 of my Google Sheet. Excuse me. <laughs> Just had to take a little sip of water. So if I press command and control down, it brings, the, brings me to the very bottom of the sheet. And I don't want to fill the formula down all the way to that last row because I don't have data from rows 281 all the way down to 1000. So instead, the trick here is instead of pressing Control or Command down in column E, what you do is press your left arrow over to passengers, in this case, column D. We know that column D contains all of our numbers for passengers, and it's all contiguous down to the last row of our data set. In this case, it's row 281. So if I press my cursor over left once to column D, and now if I press Command or Control down arrow, it brings me to cell D281, which is the last row of, of my data set, and I'm also in the passengers column, column D. Now at this point, I can press my right arrow cursor, right arrow once, so it put my, puts my cursor now in cell E281, 
And guess what? Not, I'm in the, I'm in a blank row, but more importantly, I'm in the last row that contains uh, data for my entire data set, which is row 281. So at this point, what I'll do is I'll press shift and command on the Mac or shift and control on the PC and then press the up arrow. So again, I'm in cell E281. It's a blank cell. It should not contain any formulas. I'm going to press shift command up arrow. And then it brings, it, it automatically brings your selection up to cell E2, which contains the first formula we wrote. So now the formula in cell E2 is actually at the very top of the selection, which means that you can now apply the shortcut control D or command D down to fill the formula down. So I'm going to do that. It fill <coughs> excuse me. It fills the formula down. And actually, I just realized this doesn't actually bring to the very bottom of the data set. But what you can do is just press command, is just press your um, arrow one time, arrow key one time, and it'll bring you kind of bring the view back down to cell E281. And what's nice about this is that you're in the last row data set, you have all these formulas calculated in column E, and you can now start doing summation formulas, like maybe you want to find the total revenue per passenger, which doesn't really make any sense because, um, you know, you, that's not the proper way to find the revenue per passenger. But you're, you see what I mean is that if you're not building a pivot table, you can now go use the bottom row. Your your view is at the bottom row of the data set. And you can start doing formulas and other calculations that are built off of this, um, this these formulas. So it's a really simple keyboard shortcut. Command D to fill the formula down. But to use it in practice, when you have a bunch of formulas you need to fill, that's where I see a lot of people struggle, which is how do I fill the formula down without using the mouse, but also filling it so that it gets the very bottom of my data set without overshooting it or undershooting it. And um, hopefully this example becomes more clear if you open the Google Sheet and you see how column E is empty and you want to find a way to automatically fill the formula down to row 281 of the data set. So that's the little kind of tip um, keyboard shortcut slash formula fill shortcut that I wanted to share today. Um, just in terms of uh, learning Excel, interestingly, the classes I have on Skillshare have seen like a 2x increase since the you know virus and the US shutdown has occurred. So I think a lot of people are out there just trying to learn Excel learn new tricks and tips and tricks and hopefully um, just find new skills they can apply to their job or maybe they can potentially find a new role given this um, current environment if you maybe were um, laid off due to the virus. Um, in any event, hopefully this trick will help you and um, looking forward to bringing you all some more um, interesting tips. So in the second half of the episode, I'd like to review and talk about some other episodes that I listened to recently from other podcasts that I found interesting. And the first episode is actually from a new podcast that I recently started listening to. Um, definitely a little departure from the other podcasts I listened to. It's the 
Animals podcast. And just for some background, this is Animals with a Z at the end. Animals is a, I believe they're kind of like a content marketing agency. And they produce some really great pod, podcasts and blog posts about how you how you as a individual, a company, a large company can do content marketing effectively. Um, specifically for, I think they focus on B2B marketing. I could be mistaken. Um, but they themselves produce some really good content. And in this episode, this is, let me see here. I don't know what episode number this is, but it is the Animals Content Marketing Podcast, Why Community is the Most Important Trend in Marketing. And in the episode around minute 32, uh, Devin and Jimmy talk about how different marketing teams can execute uh, different marketing channels. But around minute 32, I like how they were talking about despite all the changes in Google SEO and in how um, Google does this, the rank algorithm and other content marketing platforms and social media metrics and social media updates, there seems to be a ceiling in how, how much you as a content marketing person can optimize your content to be seen and heard and shared across the, the web. And they're talking about how there might be a shift to uh, more community-based marketing. And by community-based, it's literally like you as a human being talking with other human beings in person or online in a community forum. And that will be kind of like the newest, most effective marketing channel for businesses that want to tap into um, like creating a new customer base or launching new products, tapping into a community that's already in love with your product or service, they'll be your best users, your best spokespeople, and potentially best marketers. And I definitely see this with um, not only the products and services I've built and launched, um, but also with my current role at, uh, at Coda. The community is so important to, to get on your side and, and build because this, I mean, this marketing strategy goes back, you know, decades, but word of mouth marketing is by far the most effective way to get your product or service or ideas out there. And so if you can create really good content that yes, does well in Google hits on certain keywords is optimized for different social media sharing platforms, but have people talking about them, um, have people contributing to them, have people sharing them. Those are the, that community is going to be so huge. And I think that's why there's a lot more community technology platforms showing up. Um, for instance, at Coda, we use discourse for a community forum. Um, unfortunately for my podcast and my website, I don't really have any community forums yet. Um, but I do know, for instance, Mr. Excel, uh, he has an, a really huge Excel forum that's been around for, I think more than 10 years. So it just shows the power of having, uh, communities be it online or offline to be a champion for your product or service. And another kind of side benefit, if you will, of having an online community forum is that guess what? That data, all that content is also indexed in Google. So if you have a community forum thread about how to fill formulas down in Excel, and it gets a lot of activity from your community members, 
that will probably show up in Google search when people are searching for how do I fill the formula down so that goes to the most bottom row of my data set. And so I think if you have a new product or service and you're trying to build some buzz around it or maybe get some more people to see it, um, maybe having a community forum on your platform, on your website is a good way to just get that community going and get them talking to each other. And despite all the tips and tricks for optimizing for SEO, there's nothing that beats people talking to other people about the products and features and services they love. And hopefully they will consider you as something that they want to recommend to their friends and colleagues. So definitely give the Animals Podcast a listen. Also subscribe to their blog. I really enjoy reading their blog posts because it really has helped me with thinking about the content that I want to create, I want to publish, uh, not only for this this podcast and my blog, but also for my um, work uh, professionally. Okay, and the last episode I wanted to talk about is one of my favorite podcasts. You've probably heard this if you've listened to my podcast before. I've mentioned this podcast more than probably 10 times at this point. The Syntax FM podcast on web development. And this one is one of their tasty web development treats, hasty treat episodes. And it talks about the, the this title of the podcast is Non-Glamorous Skills You Should Have. And around minute 1030, uh, Scott and Wes talk about, surprise, surprise, one of my favorite topics is learning keyboard shortcuts. Now, they talk about it from the perspective of learning keyboard shortcuts for coding and web development, things like moving to the beginning of a line, how to select multiple lines in your code, uh, things like that. Now, the tip I wanted to talk, uh, walk away with or just kind of share from um, this episode that I fully believe is when I'm teaching keyboard shortcuts to people in Excel, I, inevit- I inevitably get a question along the lines of, hey, so d- did you just like sit down one day and like learn all these shortcuts and like you could just use them right away? And my answer is no. Um, it took me, well, like probably months to of, lear- of using Excel like every day to use these shortcuts because you can't practice shortcuts if you're not using them in Excel. And two, it's not about learning them all at one, one point. It's about using one at a time every single week and building off of the knowledge you have week after week after week. And that's exactly what Scott and Wes talk about in the episode. They say, don't try to learn all the keyboard shortcuts for your program and for our you know, my case, Excel, try learning one shortcut a week and master that shortcut. So every time you have to fill a formula down, you automatically think of command D or control D. It's okay if you're still doing other manual things in Excel with your mouse or clicking buttons in toolbar and the toolbar, as long as you master that one keyboard shortcut for that week, you're good. Because what happens is the next week, you already have control D or command D. Like that's that's muscle memory at this point. That's like you've taken the training wheels off. You can now add another shortcut to your bank. And maybe the next one will be auto summing a range of values. You know, alt plus the equal sign on PC or shift command T on the Mac. And one of the one of the side benefits that I've I've learned 
Well, let me just talk about this first from my experience as a financial analyst. So after I learned one shortcut per week and then built on that knowledge, the first thing you notice is that over time, your percent of time using the keyboard versus using the mouse or the trackpad just totally starts uh, shifting towards the keyboard. So that's already a, a great plus sign because now you're more efficient and you're not wasting time using the mouse or the trackpad. So that's number one. Number two is I was using Excel, obviously, in my, my role as a financial analyst, and I was using keyboard shortcuts in Excel on the PC in for the Microsoft environment. One, one benefit I realized was as I was as I mastered kind of all the keyboard shortcuts in Excel, I found that a lot of the keyboard shortcuts also applied to other programs in the Microsoft environment. So I started seeing that I could select text. I used to select text a certain way in Excel, so I started using Shift, Command, and or Shift, Control, plus arrow keys. I found out I could do the same thing with, um, with Microsoft PowerPoint and also with Word. I can select text. I can move to different parts of the text using keyboard shortcuts. And I could build off of the knowledge I gained from keyboard shortcuts in Excel and use that with PowerPoint and with, um, with Word. So that's when I realized, holy crap, like these shortcuts are not just useful for Excel. They're useful for all of Microsoft Office because it's all one unified suite, right? So that's that's one of the great benefits I learned from, from that. Now, a lot of people ask me, well, what about moving to Google Sheets? You know, the shortcuts are not the same. And yes, I agree, they're not the same. Um, however, Google, uh, Google has done a great job of trying to mimic, for better or worse, the functionality in Excel in Google Sheets. So you'll find that a lot of the keyboard shortcuts are the same. For instance, Control D, that's the same shortcut for filling down in Excel and in Google Sheets. Another benefit is that uh, a lot of the common patterns for accessing menus in Excel is also found in not just Microsoft Office, but all different programs in Microsoft Windows. Um, if you're using Mac, it's kind of the same thing. The same paradigm also exists. But basically what I'm saying is you can use shortcuts that you use to navigate menus and different forms in Excel as you can in Chrome, as you can in a uh, new file folder in Windows. So for instance, one, one shortcut that I use a lot is Control-Tab because when you bring up the Format Cells menu on the PC Control-1, there's multiple tabs in the Format Cells menu which you can access by clicking on the tab, of course, but if you press Control-Tab, you can cycle through all the different tabs in that Format Cells menu. Believe it or not, Control-Tab also, you probably know this already if you're using Chrome or Firefox or Safari or anything else, Control-Tab also lets you shift, cycle through different tabs in your Chrome browser or in your Firefox browser. So anytime you see that paradigm of tabs in a window, more likely than not, you can use control tab to cycle through those windows, or you can use control shift tab to backwards cycle. Um, in, a, in Windows, in Microsoft Windows Excel, you're using a lot of the, um, the toolbar. So file, edit, format, and most of those time, most of those toolbars. And again, thinking back to Excel 2003, 
you can access by pressing the Alt key and then pressing a letter to indicate what uh, menu you want. You can use that same shortcut for other applications in Microsoft Office and also other applications in Microsoft Windows. So if you want to access like the file menu in, I don't know, like uh, I'm trying to think of a Windows, well, basically like any Windows program that has like the Windows border and the file menu and the help menu, you can edit, use access those using the same shortcuts that you learn from using Microsoft Office. So I think, I know I just threw a lot at you, but the key takeaway here is that learning one or two shortcuts a week is the right way to do things. There's no way you're going to learn 20, 30, 40 shortcuts in one sitting and use them, you know, uh, effortless, effortlessly right away. Once you learn one a week, that's really the key to building off the knowledge and really moving to a completely uh, keyboard way of working in Excel. And then building off of that, once you've mastered those shortcuts, you'll start seeing the overlap of those shortcuts and other aspects of your workflow, whether it's in Office, Mac OS, and other programs you use in those different operating systems. So yeah, I really wanted to make a shout out for this episode because I pretty much built um, my KeyCuts, original KeyCuts business off of keyboard shortcuts by selling keyboard covers that have keyboard shortcuts on them. So I can't stress enough how important it is to learn keyboard shortcuts in Excel and for other programs so that you can be a more productive uh, analyst, a more productive coder, a more productive whatever with your software. Mm -hmm.